0: The fashion industry continues to face a surge in sophisticated criminal counterfeiting operations, many based in China, and aggressive in their online efforts to market and sell luxury brand knockoffs. A recent court decision in New York's U.S. District Court Southern District granted broad injunctive relief to luxury brand retailer Tory Burch, who had filed suit after discovering more than 200 different websites selling counterfeit versions of its signature products. Finnegan partner Mark Summers joins us now to talk about the recent court decision and the precedent it upholds in imposing measures against the next-generation methods and techniques counterfeiters are using to dodge liability. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Can you start by giving us a brief overview of the Tory Burch case and how was the brand misused?
1: Sure. Tory Burch filed suit back in December of 2010 after its discovery about 200 different Internet sites that were selling counterfeit versions of their signature ballet flats, handbags, and accessories. All those sites were designed to appear like Tory Burch's official website or some legitimate U.S.-based kind of web store authorized to sell genuine Tory Burch products. For example, these sites were written in English. They accepted payments in U.S. dollars. They used domain names incorporating Tory Burch's trademarks such as uh, torybirchstore.com, torybirchonline.com. And they also included copies of original photos, uh, proprietary design, detailed product descriptions that they took uh, from Tory Birch's official website.
0: How are online counterfeiting operations different than what goes on in the street?
1: Well, you know, in the street, you uh, get to go up and take a look, and you can see the goods are uh, either of inferior quality or something's uh, suspect about them. Online, you can't do that. You get a couple of photographs. You don't know what you're getting. You're you're putting a lot of uh, faith and trust in the appearance of the websites. And if those websites look legit, you're more apt to try and uh, try and buy these things.
0: Mark, how did the court attempt to expedite relief?
1: The court granted relief, uh, both injunctive and monetary, to Tory Birch. Insofar as the injunction was concerned, it enjoined the defendants uh, obviously from engaging in his counterfeit activity. But that alone wasn't enough because the defendants didn't appear. It granted uh, Tory Birch damages. Damages were $164 million uh, based on the fact that there were 41 defendants. Each of those defendants infringed two marks uh, the Tory Birch mark and the Tory Birch logo, which statutorily amounts to $2 million per mark. That's 41 uh, defendants infringing two marks, which brings you up to $164 million. But importantly, the order gave Tory Birch and the ISBs, the domain name registrars, the account holders, such as PayPal, the direction to transfer those infringing domain names and transfer the funds that could be attributed to the defendant's activities directly to Tory Birch to satisfy that $164 million award.
0: Tory Birch was, you might say, deputized. Can you explain what that means?
1: The court fashioned release which extended uh, basically uh, Tory Burch's ability to locate new sources uh, of the infringements by these defendants, as well as any monies that uh, might be located in account holders uh, such as PayPal. And the procedure that the court put in place was to give Tory Burch the right to serve this uh, permanent injunction, this order on any account holder or, or any registrar or ISP that they located, Give uh, 30 days to the account holder or the uh, ISB uh, to hear from the defendants, uh, should they choose to show up, and if not, uh, release the domain name or the proceeds that were in the account uh, to Tory Birch. Now, within that uh, framework, the defendants on two days' notice could go back to the court and argue that enjoining these or Uh, or transferring the money and uh, domain names uh, violated their rights. But, of course, they would have to enter an appearance in that case and would be probably subject to even greater uh, sanctions for not complying earlier with the order. So it put a real risk uh, for them to come on back to court and really uh, have their day in court, so to speak.
0: Are there likely to be appeals?
1: Probably not, for the same reason that the defendants are unlikely to show and challenge any uh, additional transfers of uh, domain names or funds through this counterfeiting scheme. They won't uh, appear at a district court level, and and there's no one no one appears at the district court level. It's certainly not going to appear at the appellate court level. Nobody's there to take it up, so to speak, or appeal it.
0: What are some of the implications of this decision going forward, Mark? And how is this type of relief going to help in the future?
1: That's the million-dollar question, or I should say maybe $164 million question. Counterfeits are greatly expedited through the digital world, much like the game of uh, whack-a-mole. You hit one of those moles, and it pops up uh, in another place. And When you're able to do that with the speed of the Internet, taking down these sites, putting them up under uh, different infringing names, shifting these monies from one side to another through individual sale as opposed to container shipments. It really is a a great vehicle to allow trademark owners to try to fashion relief that is quick, that's expeditious, and it doesn't have to go through the cumbersome process of getting preliminary injunctions or interim relief that can take up to uh, 30 days or cases can go on for two years. So with the speed of the internet in facilitating counterfeiting, these types of orders are going to be used as a way to try and close the counterfeiting down as quickly as it occurs.
0: The courts really now face unique challenges when it comes to stopping online counterfeiting. What can companies do to protect themselves?
1: You have to remember, counterfeiting is, is a business. Uh, you're never going to change somebody's attitude towards uh, counterfeiting. Uh, you know, For example, you're never going to convince them to take the moral high road. You've got to make it hurt financially. It's like any business. And the owners that are active in policing their marks, the owners uh, that make it uh, less profitable to knock their marks off, as opposed to competitors, are going to be more successful. So being vigilant is uh, certainly the way to go. And the the law has developed and tried to keep pace with the internet. And it's very easy to go ahead and shut these sites down through uh, domain name uh, procedures, which there's an administrative procedure called the UDRP, or off to the courts. But basically, it is putting a framework together that allows trademark owners to get quick, expeditious relief without having to go through the old brick-and-mortar cumbersome process of bringing these guys down to court and having the courts hear the cases and issue the judgments. You had physical assets back at that time that you could seize and hold to help satisfy the judgments. You don't have that in the digital world. You just have somebody who's set up a site, who's sending one-offs from one place to another, and it's very difficult to really uh, get the type of relief to stem those types of infringements. And the Tory Birch is a great example of what the courts have done to try and provide some effective remedy
0: for owners. Our guest has been Mark Summers, a partner at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. To stay current on IP issues, to listen to other podcasts in the series, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.